When this boy meets girl, this boy meets world. When this girl meets boy, meets boy, meets Hello class, open up your textbooks to Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World Season 6, Episode 18, Chapter Titled... Can I help to cheer you? I feel like that's wrong. (laughs) I meant to check earlier. Um, Yeah, no, it's can I help to cheer you. That's got to be... A reference to something? They all... It always is a reference to something. I just... But I just don't know what it's a reference to. Good podcasters would look it up and and know. I looked it up. I couldn't find anything. Oh. Anyway, uh, I'm Alden. I'm Tanya. I'm the boy. I'm the girl. And this is Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World. Back again for another weekly episode. <laughs> sort of weekly. Um, How you been, Tanya? I've been okay. You didn't have a question for me today? Um, Have you ever wanted to get married for money? N- no. You sure? I'm positive. Okay. Look at my track record. I definitely oh, I, didn't get married for money. I didn't say, have you ever gotten married for money? I said, <laughs> have you ever wanted to get married for money? No. Have you? Mm, um, no, I didn't ever want to get married. Hey. Until you. Oh, okay. So, It was no. definitely not for money Definitely there. not. <laughs> Did you have a question for me based on this episode? No. No. I've come up with the questions for the past couple yeah, we had a small wedding, so like, there's not much in this episode that's relatable. Even though I don't feel like the wedding was really the A-plot. You think the Eric stuff was the A-plot? Yes. I don't know. I feel like that was more emotional, but it didn't take up as much time. Mm. I might be wrong. Okay, I have a question for you. Oh, did you? I do. Did you ever listen to Adventures in Odyssey? Yeah, but you know that. Okay, so do you remember the episode Probably that not. legitimately is like the B-plot of this episode? This no. Boy Meets World episode. Uh-uh. All right, so when I was a kid, I listened to Adventures in Odyssey, and there's an episode where like the main guy, Mr. Whitaker, tells the story of when he was younger, he became friends with an orphan, and they were like, best friends and she was just like you have to adopt me and he was like you know what i'm gonna adopt you and then he found out that she was already getting adopted and she got really upset and was like i just want to go with you mr wit and he was all like you can't really nice people are gonna adopt you uh for i mean you you sometimes forget that um, just because you listen exclusively to podcasts that are, uh, what is it called? Like ex relig ex, uh, not Christians anymore. What? <laughs> Whatever your, 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 uh, your group. I listen to one podcast, <laughs> one, but then that like talks about Christian pop culture, but then like one all, podcast, all of the people who are on that, you're like, well, now they're my best friend. Um, that's not true. My point is, you didn't explain what Adventures in Odyssey is. Adventures, I think I've said this before on this podcast. It was a long time ago. Adventures in Odyssey was an audio drama podcast that was made by a Christian company, and it is still going to this day. It plays on the radio. 
Um, and then they now they have like a streaming service where you can listen to them when they come out. Don't recommend doing that because then the money goes to that company. That company is very bad. But the show was really good. Like, it, it was for, for a lot of us who grew up in that environment. It was our first kind of like foray into audio dramas. And um, it really kind of opened that world. And it is kind of sad that there's not an audio drama that um, uh, uh, non-Christian kids grow up listening to. That's true that they didn't grow up listening to, but there's so many out there now yeah, that but- like kids now can grow up listening to them. There's one called The Two Princes, which is phenomenal. There's a lot, but that's not the point. Like because uh, 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 Christians kind of adopted this one, mm-hmm. it became the one that everyone listens to. You know what I mean? So right. like it was part of most kids who grew up in Christian households grew up with Adventures and Odyssey. In their house. That's true. Um, whereas there are plenty of other audio dramas out there, mm-hmm. but it's not being given to you on a nightly basis where they're like, oh, it's time for Adventures in Odyssey. Right. I mean, in a lot of us, it was what we fell asleep to at night. Like we had the tapes or the CDs of it, and it's what we listened to on the way to vacations. And so it has so much nostalgia and good memories attached to it that it's it's hard to let it go. Right. No, it would be really cool if just like as as a as a as a humanity <laughs> everyone came together and they were like, "Okay, this is the audio drama that we all listen to now. This other one." In Strange Woods. <sighs> That's what everyone should listen to. I listen to a lot of audio dramas and I credit Adventures in Odyssey right. for my love of audio fiction and even podcasts in general i like i love being able to listen to a story but yeah so anyway the point is this episode of boy meets world was like a direct reflection of an episode of adventures and odyssey one that was my favorite adventures and odyssey and this one is one of my Favorite. Don't give you just spoiled <laughs> the ending of our podcast. I, I think I've made it very very clear how much I love the Tommy saga. <sighs> anyway. Um what have you been up to? <laughs> not spoiling the end of this episode. We're just we're changing it up a little bit. Yeah, we're changing it up. We're doing the good part at the end. Now I mean the beginning. Now just hang up. Call later. <laughs> um. Anyway, I don't know what I've been up to. I've been up to a lot. Um, got a new job that I've been kind of working towards, uh, but that hasn't started yet. So that's exciting, though. It's very exciting. Um, In a world where there's not a lot of good excitement right now, this is very exciting news. Yeah, it's weird though. Like I, I, I mentioned it on Twitter, but. Uh, not a lot of people are on Twitter. Um, so I apologize if you're hearing this for a second time. But I interviewed, and I thought the interview went terrible. And it, just like an insight into my psyche, I thought the interview went terrible. I was miserable. I was so upset. Why? Why were you miserable and so upset? Because I was so mad at myself for doing terribly in the interview. Why do you feel like you did terribly in the interview? 
Are you interviewing me right now? Is that what you're doing? Is that the bit? I'm asking you the question of what happened that made you out of sorts? Oh, I forgot <laughs> about that. Yeah. No, be right. I mean, literally. So my interview was at 2 p.m. at 1.56. I heard snorting outside my window and uh, our pig busted out. And you can't just like we can't just let him roam the backyard because he will find a way out. And if he gets out... It's going to be bad for the neighborhood, mm-hmm. like and and for us. Like I'm worried about what he'll do, and what our neighbors will complain about. Mm-hmm. Uh, or if he'll hurt someone, like yeah. he's not trying to hurt anyone, and he's just a muscle. And now he's getting tusks too, so he's like, he would be, he would be a mess. Yeah. So anyway, he broke out. So literally, I had to go out there four minutes before my interview and try to somehow get him back in his pen and then barricade the spot that barricade. I like barricade. Barricade. <laughs> I, so I had to go out and, and try to get him back in and then sit down at literally two o'clock on the dot out of breath, uh, dial into my Skype interview and had to explain to them like, hey, I, if, hold on. And they were like, what is wrong? And I had to kind of explain, like, uh, everything that happened. But I, I never asked you if you told them what happened. I assumed that you didn't. No, absolutely I did. I was literally out of breath. I couldn't just start an interview like that. They had to know why. Plus, that's, I mean, that's kind of part of who I am and, and what you get with me as a person. Like, if, if, something is on my mind it's just kind of it's out there now mm-hmm. like i don't like to leave these things like awkward and unspoken mm-hmm. as much as i love awkward moments like uh i would rather just say hey look we we all deal with shit this is what i'm dealing with right now a pig in my backyard <laughs> yeah it was kind of alarming because now i knew all all of the people that i was interviewing with all of the people that were interviewing me i've worked with them in the past or i know them um but they're still like in this position to of of deciding my fate and my future and all that stuff, uh, and they don't know like about my pig or they don't know about I don't know they knew I had chickens but they didn't know how to pig. Well, now they do. Yeah, and one of the the uh, my my new boss, he was like, just don't tell my wife because she wants a pig so bad, and well, I maybe said you should be the one to tell her, and I said. I will not tell her. I'm just going to send this fucking pig to your house. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I did really poorly in the interview. Like, I I felt like I wasn't myself. Um, I was kind of out of sorts. And I I stumbled over some of my answers where, like, I knew what, like, I knew, I know how to talk, you know? So We do know, yes. We all collectively know that you know how to talk. So it was frustrating to to hang up and be like, man, I really messed that up. And then, long story short, or long story long, about an hour later, I get a call that I was going to get the job, likely, that I should expect an offer letter. But I spent the rest of the evening sulking and angry because of my bad interview. It wasn't about the fact that I got the job. It wasn't about going out and getting this job. It was about the fact that I failed. Class. That night, every single time I said anything to him, he would look at me very grumpily. Like, he was pouting. And he was just like, I got a new job. (laughs) 
Well, because I also am a, I'm very self-aware. I know how ridiculous it is. But I couldn't stop that feeling. Like that... <laughs> what's that? The baby dancing song? Can't stop this feeling? <laughs> I couldn't keep myself from feeling that way. But I also recognized that it was fucking ridiculous. So it was. It was just like... I don't know. I'm, I got a job to do. <laughs> but then the new Cowboy Bebop came out. Yeah. Love and, it. And we started it in trepidation. We shouldn't have been trepidatious. It's amazing. So good. That's yeah. what we've been watching. Yeah, super campy and, and fun. Uh, but that's what I expected. And, and people, that's what I love. And people seem very upset about it. So go into it and expect something campy and enjoy it. Yeah, it's so fun. It's so good. Yeah. Uh, you know what else we watched? What? Boy Meets World Season 6, Episode 18, Chapter Titled. Can I help to cheer you? And after that, <laughs> I'm going to ask again <laughs> for you to speak. And what? blurb me up. <laughs> the blurb for this episode is Corey and Topanga continue to pursue their plans for a wedding. This episode was directed by Jerry Levine and it was written by Barry Safchik. Safchik? Uh-huh. I feel like we haven't gotten Safchik in a few episodes. I don't think we've gotten Safchik in a couple seasons. Really? I think, yeah, but the this, beginning... This season seems very long. Yeah. Anyway, so does this episode. <laughs> Classroom or not, Tanya? Not. Where do we start? In Chucky's. That's true. That is where we start. Why do we start there? Because Eric has Tommy at Chucky's. Mm -hmm. He's just like, come on, Tommy, let's go to my college campus <laughs> and hang out in the student union together. Mm -hmm. it's, that's what we're going to do today. Yep. Maybe we'll see Mr. Feeney. Oh, that's probably it. He wanted to like run into him because he misses him because now Mr. Feeney is enamored with the Dean. And dating the Dean. They say it in this episode. Mm -hmm. They didn't, it wasn't like uh, eased into it all. It was just like, yeah, well, now that Feeney's dating the Dean. Right. Anyway. So they're hanging out, they're having fun, and um, basically. Tommy just comes out and says talk. and says to Eric, like, why haven't you adopted me yet? He says, come on, Eric, I'm not getting any older. And Eric's like, what are you talking about? And he's like, you know what I'm trying to say. When are you adopting me? Right. We also had Corey and Topanga come into the student union and they're talking about the wedding. Topanga is like, we need to do this, we need to do this, we need to do this. And Corey's just like, I'm so tired. I don't want to do any of this. Which, like, yeah, that's why weddings suck. Like, it's adding, like, way unnecessary pressure to a situation that does not need more pressure. Right. Um, but that's, we're going from that mm -hmm. to Tommy and Eric. And Tommy, you know, he just says, like, I'm the biggest kid at the orphanage i don't even fit in my bed anymore you you need to adopt me and eric's like they're not gonna let me adopt you tommy and he's like why not like you said yourself we're the best team 
so we should stick together. It's true. Uh, and Eric kind of thinks about it, mm-hmm. uh, obviously. But now we cut to the Matthew's living room? No. Now we cut to the wedding. Um, Corey and Topanga are at a wedding, and... It's at a really swanky place, and Topanga's just like, look how beautiful it is. And Corey's like, I don't feel like we should be here. And Topanga's like, of course we should. Our wedding planner... They have a wedding planner? Mm-hmm. What? Wedding planners cost money. How do they have money for a wedding planner? I don't know. <laughs> so Topanga is saying that the wedding planner suggested that they check out other people's weddings to give them ideas of what they want. Mm-hmm. And their wedding planner told them, like, just stand here. Don't be be inconspicuous. And as, we, as they say that, it cuts over to Sean just, like, grabbing things off of the trays and eating them and saying, I want more of these. Yeah, and he's like... Like two inches away from the waiter who has the hors d'oeuvres on a platter. Mm-hmm. He's just like in his face, like grabbing things. And he turns around. He's just like, yeah, this place is great. You should have your wedding here. And Peng is like, we would never be able to have a wedding here. We can't afford it. Like, it's too beautiful for us. Um, And. Corey says, what, uh, wait a second, isn't your dad rich? And she says, no. And he goes, oh, what am I doing here? And turns around <laughs> to walk away. Um, so after that exchange, we kind of pan over just a little bit to where two men are talking. And there's like an old guy and he's just like, you you can't give my daughter the life that she deserves and blah, blah, blah. And the guy's like, I love my life. And he's like, you need to come work for me. And the, the other guy, the groom, is like, I'm not going to do that. I love my job. He's like, you're a kindergarten teacher. And he's like, uh, yep. And now it's time for me to go marry your daughter. He like walks away. Yep. And um, Corey is kind of standing on the other side of this pillar and the the father of the bride kind of walks by the pillar and he's just sort of like grumbling into the air about how he gets no respect and like he can't believe that this is the person that his daughter chose and it's awful and no one listens to him. And then he turns around and Corey is just like standing right there. And they lock eyes for a second and Corey like looks away like, oh, God. And then he looks back and the guy is still staring at him and he walks over to him and he's like, what do you think about that, you know, that guy? What should he be doing? And uh, Corey basically gives him the best old man speech that Corey has in him where he's like, well, you know, I think that's the problem with kids today is they need to. Uh, their backwards hats and their baggy jeans or whatever. They need to listen to their elders. The groom is probably 45 years old. Oh, at least, yeah. Um, and he, and, it, and through this, he calls him sir. And the guy is just like, you called me, sir. I like that. I like you. You know what you'd be great for? My daughter. And, uh, hold on. Hold the phone. Okay. So I just want to say something. I want to say something as, so while we're doing this episode, I have, uh, the Boy Meets World wiki up. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly just so I could pull up the director and writer. Um, but as I was trying to figure out where we were at in the, in the story, I looked up and 
I just took notes about where we were, mm-hmm. right? Look at what I listed us as being at. I listed us as being at the adoption place uh-huh. because I couldn't remember what it was called. And I'm looking at the wiki right now, and it says, At the adoption place, Eric speaks to Mrs. Gallagher. Whoa. I thought you were going to make fun of me for saying adoption place, and then you said orphan or Orphanage? Orphanage. <laughs> Sorry. I almost said orphanarium, because that's what they call it in Futurama. Um, I like orphanarium so much more than orphanage. Anyway, that's crazy. That, we, that is crazy. What are we talking about? Um, we're going to finish the stuff at the wedding. Okay. So, Corey is talking to the father of the bride, and the father of the bride introduces himself to Corey. Corey says, oh my gosh, you're Stan from the trucks? And the guy's like, yeah. And they do, like, the whole, um, like, jingle, jingle like Stan, for this. Stan, the plumbing man. If I can't, uh... I don't know. If I can't plumb it, no one can. <laughs> um, and they like hug over it. And he's like, all right, I'll pay you a million dollars to marry my daughter. And Corey's just like, what? No, like I have, that's my girlfriend over there, which like Topanga's right there and has heard none of this exchange mm-hmm. whatsoever. And um, the guy's like, yeah, but a million dollars. Like, what would you do with a million dollars? And he's like, well, you know, uh, I can't. I'm I'm getting married to her over there. And the guy, the guy is still trying to convince him to marry his daughter. So then we go to the living room. No, oh, and Corey says, I got a girl on the side. And the guy goes, <laughs> don't we all? Yeah. The guy makes a lot of, like, disparaging remarks about women throughout this uh little blip here oh yeah and just by nature him trying to sell his daughter off is uh, like telling enough right um which i'm sure we'll get into towards the end of this episode but the it's so common for the the trope to be a man gives his daughter away in marriage which like i know it's a wedding thing that mm-hmm. that dad gives the daughter away well, but daughters don't belong to their fathers. Right. Like, daughters don't belong to their mothers. Right. We're not people that can be given away. And then when we get married, we are not given to the person that we're marrying. Like, they don't own us now. It's so wild to me that that's how it is. Yeah. And that that's, like, the normal, beautiful thing in a wedding. Like, mm-hmm. everybody cries about it. Like, oh, look. Like the father giving his daughter away on her wedding day and i'm like ew that's so gross i hate weddings so much (laughs) um (sighs) have we been over this on the podcast about how much i hate weddings i don't i mean i think it's been addressed but never with such passion and vigor Anyway, let's go to the living room. Let's go to the living room. room. Uh, Eric is super, like, he walks in and he's talking to Amy and Alan about how he wants to adopt Tommy. And they're like, you can't adopt Tommy. Like, you don't don't even have a place to live. And Eric's like, well, I'm just sleeping on the couch because I, I, uh, you know, while I'm looking for someplace else. 
Um, and they say, like, you can't even take care of yourself. And Eric's like, of course I can. And Alan's like, your zipper's down. And Eric's like, oh, it is. And he, like, turns around, zips up, turns back around, and his shirt is caught in his, like, zipper. It definitely looks like a little, like, a little green penis sticking out of his zipper. (laughs) And... Alan genuinely loses it yeah. on the couch. It was so good because it was very obvious that, like, when he turned around, he would, like, Alan was not expecting to see that and mm-hmm. he lost it. And it was so funny. Yeah. And then, uh, and then Alan, like, points it out to him and Eric looks down and sees it and he just. <laughs> rips his shirt off through his fly (laughs) it was really funny um and and eric is like whatever you um you don't understand i lost my best friend and my other best friend because they want to be together i've lost Corey. like he's marrying topanga I've lost you guys to the new baby. I would just like to point out, there's Morgan? still Morgan. Yeah, I know. I knew you were going to say that. He's uh, like, I met, I, I lost Feen- Mr. Feeney to the dean. Mm-hmm. I have nobody. And you guys don't understand that while you all have people in your world that you want to give everything to, I have now found that and you don't support it. Yeah. I, I Hmm. I struggle with whether or not I'm going to say this. I'm just going to say it real quick. Uh, uh, I'm going to slide a little note on the door that says, can you imagine how Morgan must feel? <laughs> like, Eric is like, I'm a great big brother. But Morgan is nowhere to be found. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, so th- basically they tell him he can't and he says, I'm going to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we go to the adoption agency, the uh, or- orphanarium, and um, Eric is talking to... No. And then Eric walks out, walks into the kitchen, uh, and then walks back in and goes, somebody's already adopting Tommy. Yeah. So he- what he had said before he walked into the kitchen was, I'm going to call... I'm going to call, it's like St. Margaret's or whatever, and I'm going to do whatever it is that you do when you, like, put a kid on hold or Or lay away away or whatever, and I'm going to adopt Tommy. So he goes in the kitchen. He comes back out of the kitchen, like, two seconds later, and he's like, someone else is adopting Tommy. Right. And Amy and Alan are just like, phew, dodge that one. Yep. Um, But now we go to the orphanarium. Okay. And... Uh, Eric is talking to the the lady at the adoption agency mm-hmm. about Tommy's situation, and she's like talking about who it is and and that this this great family. And Eric is like, Tommy, this will be great for you. And Tommy goes, No, they're in California, so I wouldn't see you. And Eric is just like, California, no, like you can't go to California. I that's it. Like I'm gonna adopt you. And the um, orphanage lady is just like, oh, um, can we go to my office, please? And and Tommy, like, gets super excited and starts running. And, like, he jumps up on the 
the couch. couch and he's like, hey, kids, I'm getting adopted. Woo. And then like runs into his room to start packing. Mm-hmm. Um, his room being like the only bedroom that is directly off of the main area of the orphanage. Mm-hmm. So that's what the all of the elder statesmen get. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, so now we go back to the wedding, right? Mm-hmm. And Sean, Sean comes over to Corey and he's like, hey, so I couldn't help overhearing what that guy just offered you. And like, you need to do it. And Corey's like, what do you mean I need to do it? I love Topanga. And Sean's like, don't we all? But a million, a million dollars. dollars. He's like, money can't buy. And Sean's like, maybe you should find out if that's true or not. Mm-hmm. Like, think about it. A million dollars. Um and as they're arguing about it, Topanga and Angela come over. And Topanga's just like, what is going on with you? And then starts, like, talking about how Corey needs to get his head in the game and understand that, like, they're there to see what weddings are like. And he's not helping at all. She can't do it on her own. And as she's doing this, Sean and Corey are having an entire conversation between their brains. A face conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Topanga's just like, Sean, tell him what he needs to be doing. Like, you have to help me here. And every time Topanga moves her head to one of the boys, Angela also moves her head. And she's making the best facial expressions I've ever seen in my life the whole time. Um, it's very good. But ultimately, Topanga and and Corey and Sean are like making like nodding faces and like angry faces back and Mm -hmm. forth behind her back. And she finally goes, wait, are you even listening to me? And Sean is like, yes, like over exaggerated. And then she turns around and looks at Corey and Corey goes, no. (laughs) Because they were not listening to Topanga. They were still having their conversation with each other. Right. Um, Sean then goes over to Stan? <laughs> yes, it is Stan. <laughs> Asshole bride's father. And um, is like, I've got a proposition for you. Like, I could marry your daughter. And he's like, um, so I was just talking to that curly haired kid over there. And from the moment I met him, I knew like that could be my son-in-law. He's bright He's upstanding. He has a good head on his shoulders. And I'm ready to make you an offer. And Sean's just like, well, you know, I do have a number in my head. But and the guy's just like, here's $20. Get out of here. And Sean takes it. And he's like, thanks. And walks away. Yep. Um, Do we go back to the adoption agency now? You tell me. I think so. Yes. I mean, we do go back there next. I just don't remember if there's any more at the wedding before then. We might be a little bit out of order here, but that's okay. We might be a little bit out of order in our brains. Our life is stressful. Uh, So we go back to the adoption agency. Eric is talking to um, the lady from My Big Fat Greek Wedding. Mm -hmm. And they're discussing the, the current family. And Eric is just like, well, I mean, I don't really have a choice in this. And she goes, actually... Uh, Tommy can decide whether or not he wants to go with a family or not. We wouldn't send him with a family that he doesn't want to be with. So it's kind of up to you to convince Tommy that this is what's best for him. 
And she brings over like a huge stack of folders and um eric kind of asks about the family he's like california and she's like yeah well they're actually from philadelphia that's where they live when they adopt their adopted their first child from us her name is sally um and starts showing him pictures and and letters and stuff from sally and she says you know it's been years and we have stopped receiving letters from Sally when, when she first got adopted. We got letters from her all the time. Now we just get them from her parents here and there. Um, but we love it when we stop receiving the letters because it means that they feel happy and they feel safe and they have, they have um, accepted their new family mm-hmm. because we're not their family anymore. Yeah, and and uh, then she reads a, a letter from the parents talking about why they wanted to adopt Tommy, and it was because, you know, they they really wanted their daughter to have a son. Uh, they really wanted their daughter to have a brother, and they'll have a son to 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 um, complement each other. Yeah, and Com- complete their family. Yeah. And Eric is just like, I don't know. And she's like, you, I, you, you know what you need to do, right? And Eric like gets all sad. Yep. Let me go back to the wedding. Yep. Where, um, so Sean or so Corey's talking to Topanga and they're about to go into where the wedding is. And, um, Corey turns around, Stan is there, and he's still, he's like, this is your last chance. You could still do this. I guess One million, million right? dollars. Yeah, he's like, two million. And Corey's just like, I I don't think I can do that. He's like, what would you do with that money? And Corey's like, well, probably the first thing I would do is buy a Volvo. And Stan's just like, yes, yeah, see, you just, you would protect my daughter in the steel cage with the side airbags. The Volvo's the the safest thing and like gives Corey a big hug. And Corey's just like, I, I've never even seen your daughter. And then she comes out and she's gorgeous. And Corey's just like dumbfounded by it. And he has this whole fantasy about this bride feeding him grapes on a beach. Sean had said something about nude beaches. Angela did. Oh, Angela did. That's right. Angela had said something about nude beaches. And so like Corey has this whole fantasy about his new bride feeding him grapes on a beach. They were not nude. Thank goodness. But um, so he's like thinking about this a little bit Mm -hmm. yeah and and while he's doing that he hears in his fantasy uh if anybody would like to uh object speak now or forever hold your peace and he raises his hand like in real life and topanga like grabs his hand and she's like what are you doing and she pulls his hand down and then he's like i have a twitch and then he raises his hand again uh and then she pulls that down and he like flops out of his chair onto the floor. And the minister is like, uh, young man, is there something you would like to say? And the dad like runs over. He's like, yes, yes, he does have something he wants to say. And he like lays on top of him. Yeah. Topanga's right there. She's like, Corey, what are you doing? And the guy's like, go away. We're discussing business here. 
he's laying on top of him on the floor. Mm-hmm. Um, That's how I discuss business. And uh, Corey, he helps Corey up, and he's like, "All right, go ahead, son." And Corey's like, "Okay, I do have something I want to say," and he does a whole speech about the fact that you know you don't choose who you fall in love with but he really hopes that the bride and groom has what he and Topanga have. And, and that it's not about money and that, you know, he he and his his fiance will never be able to afford a place like this, but that's okay because it's about who you're with, not where you are. Which is a good uh, lesson to, to display to the bride, the groom, the father, and Topanga. Mm-hmm. So... And the bride and the groom were very happy with who they were that's with true. as it was. That's true. Like, they... The the bride had no intention of not marrying the kindergarten teacher. Right. Regardless of what her dad did. Right. Um, Corey was never going to get that million dollars. All it, all that would have happened is that he would have been like, yes, I'll take the million dollars. And then he and Topanga would have broken up. Mm-hmm. All right. So now we go back to the orphanarium. Yep. Eric has decided... Well, <laughs> Eric goes to... Talk to Tommy, and Tommy's coming out of his room with a handful of stuff and a backpack on, and he goes, All right, I'm all packed. Let's go, Daddy. Isn't it great the way I call you Dad now? It's really great. And Eric is just like, Oh, my God. And I was like, Oh, my God. And And I was just crying anyway, so... And as I do, Eric walks him into the the room and he's like, we need to talk. I can't adopt you. And Tommy's just like, why not? So Eric is, is, um, he's, he doesn't ever actually explain it really to Tommy. He just kind of says, no, I can't. Uh, I kind of wanted him to explain it, but it seems like Eric is kind of taking this stance where he well, needs no, to he make. Does. He, he picks Tommy up and sits him on his lap and he's like, the people in California are really good. You're mm-hmm. going to go. You're going to have a mom and a dad and a big sister and a dog. Like, you're going to have all of these things. And Tommy's like, I don't need a dog. I just need you. Mm-hmm. But so Eric kind of takes a hard stance where he's just like, I got to make the kid sad. And he says, I can't. You need to go. I can't. And Tommy is just like tear-faced. And says, I don't like you anymore. And Eric is like, well, that's fine. And Eric leaves. Yep. He shuts the door and breaks down crying. And the lady looks at, the adoption lady looks at him and just goes, you did a good thing. Or something like that. Yep. And now we go back to. The living room. Living room. Where Eric has his head like cradled in his mother's arms mm-hmm. and um they're like you did a good job you know it it couldn't have been easy but you really couldn't have taken you couldn't have given him a home you couldn't have given him what he needed and you know eric acknowledges that but he's like he's going to california and now he doesn't even like me anymore and alan's like yeah like you're basically like a parent and kids don't like their parents sometimes. You didn't like us sometimes. And Eric goes, well, you never tried to, to send me away. And Alan just leans over and looks at Amy and is just like, shh. 
Yeah, that's funny. Uh, and then the doorbell rings, and it is Tommy, who wanted to say goodbye to Eric. And he's just kind of like, I'm still mad at you, but I couldn't leave without saying goodbye. And he yep. says goodbye to Eric. Yep. And now we cut to the post credit scene, where it is a fantasy that somebody's having. Sean. Where Sean is uh, is married to the Stan's daughter. And she's feeding him grapes. And they're making out like crazy. And then Corey comes walking up and Sean's like, hey, get out of my fantasy. And he was like, well, it was my fantasy first. And then uh, he just looks at Sean. He's like, can I at least just have the grapes? And um, and Sean gives him the grapes and he sits down on a chair and starts eating grapes. Yep. Tanya. Yep. How do you feel about this episode? I love this episode. Good. Very, very much. Um, Like I said at the beginning, like, the Tommy saga is, like, my favorite arc of the whole series. That was my favorite arc in Power Rangers, too. Yeah. White Ranger, Green Ranger, what's going on? I know. Um, But the the episodes that are Tommy-centric are probably my most watched episodes Mm -hmm. of the whole series. So I've seen this episode a million times. You would think I would know what was happening and where we were throughout the episode because I have watched it a million times. But really, I never remember that that wedding stuff was in this episode. Mm -hmm. I only ever remember the Tommy stuff because I've always struggled back and forth with it of this kid who is a person who has no autonomy over himself. Like, could Eric provide him with the home that he should have and stuff? No. But Eric provided him with something that no one else has ever provided him with. And that is a sense of security, a sense of being loved, like, and a consistency where Eric was there for him every time he needed him. Like, it's hard for me that people like Eric don't have the opportunity to be the parent that a kid needs just based on the fact that they're, like, living at their parents' house short-term. And we know, like, Eric's only living at his parents' house short-term. I really do think that our our adoption system is really messed up. And not necessarily just because of this episode, but, you know, because it is. It's a very messed up system. And here's a kid who has never had a home other than, like, the orphanage, And he feels loved there, but it's not the same as having a family. And he feels like Eric is his family. And now he has to go move to California with people that he's, he doesn't know. And that sucks. And like, the lady can reassure and reassure and reassure that this is the best place for him. But she doesn't know what goes on. Like, The fact that she sits there and is like, we love it when we stop getting letters. Well, what if she had stopped getting letters for, like, nefarious reasons? Like, what if the girl Sally was was trying to write, help me, this is a bad situation, and the parents stopped her from doing it? Well, I I think you're looking at, like, adoption's tough. Um, 
any kid that has to go through that is, is you know, my heart goes out to them. Mm-hmm. Um, because you don't know. Right. But you, I mean, in the same vein, you don't know what happens with Eric. If Eric gets Tommy, like, Eric now has to go to school. Eric can't afford to to get healthy meals for Tommy. Um, Tommy's stuck in the apartment because Eric can't afford childcare. Like, it, it, he didn't have the ability to provide an actual life for him. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're right. And like, who knows? Maybe they go to, he goes to this family and it's bad. But unfortunately, like, that's the adoption system. And you're right. Like, it's, it's flawed and it's broken. But I also don't know how to fix it. Well, I don't think. I mean, there are a lot of people who would love to know how to fix it or even have ideas on how to fix it. And it's just, it's not fixable because our society sucks. Right. But I really do think that there's something to be said for someone who is willing to try to make something work. And I think we talked about this back when um, Eric was dating the girl with the kid, where he was willing to be around for the kid. Sure, but that was a completely different situation where wherein Eric could kind of just he, the kid had a place to live. Eric could have continued to be what he was being. Mm-hmm. In this situation, Eric would have to f- provide a living arrangement for this child and provide meals for this child. Adult people live with their parents with their children all the time. That's true. Like, we did. That's when we met each other. We both were living with our moms. Sure, but Alan Alan wasn't saying, Tommy could sleep in Corey's old room. Right. He said, you have nowhere to keep him. Right. So he it, that wasn't an option. Right. I don't know. It's hard for me because I want all children to experience like love and security like the security of knowing that someone isn't going to leave them or someone isn't going to hurt them and with eric he knew he knew that eric would never hurt him like he was secure with this person and then was ripped away from him and i think for for me personally that's where my brain goes when it comes to um children in in any of these situations where it's like you are forcing a kid out of the only constant and the only security that they've ever known like to go to a a different state with people that you kind of think are okay. Like I'm not saying that they did it wrong necessarily. I don't know. I don't know if what I'm saying makes any sense at all. I just, it makes sense. I just, I, I don't think there's an easy answer and I don't think Eric getting Tommy here is the, is the right answer either. So, um, uh, yes, consistency and and knowing that you're loved is important, but you also need to be able to be provided for. Right. And Eric is not in a position to provide for him. Right. Um. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. 
it's it's tough and it's scary because you don't know what you're sending him into right um and it's just i think my brain based on the fact that like i've you know watched and listened to so many like negative stories about kids being exploited and kids being used and and all kinds of things in adoptive situations and especially older kids like he's an older kid he's not a baby um being adopted and and being sent to another state is that's like a terrifying thing we know he's fine right and 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 ideally the situation is that he doesn't ever end up in this situation right so it's tough. But it was so sad for Eric. Yeah. Like, because this kid is losing Eric, but Eric is also losing a constant in his life when everything else kind of feels tumultuous around him. Yeah. And um, I wish he hadn't have had to go to California. <laughs> right. But... Yeah, because ideally what happens is he gets adopted by another family in Philadelphia or, or nearby, and Eric is still able to visit. Right. Uh, and, and maybe, I don't know, I, I maybe that's the, maybe that that's something that should have been worked out. Like, maybe that is the answer in this situation. A, a good family wants to adopt Tommy, who lives in the area, because, uh... They also want Tommy to have this constant that is Eric in his life. Right. But no one gets whatever they want. Like, it just doesn't happen that way. So Tommy's off to California. Eric is desperately sad. Um, And Corey didn't take a million dollars. But, I mean, honestly, it was such a good episode. And even, like, normally, if it's an Eric-centric episode, I'm like, eh, I didn't really care about what was happening or I didn't like what was happening in, like, Corey's storyline. But I did. I thought it was funny. I thought all of the reactions were incredibly funny. And even though Stan was a douchebag, he was really funny. Mm-hmm. And and the way he, like, laid on top of Corey, like, it was really funny. Um. So, yeah, I love this episode. How did you feel about this episode? I thought it was great for all of the same stuff that we just talked about. I the 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 Cory stuff, the the Cory and Topanga stuff made sense and and uh Topanga was a bit overbearing about it, but it that's not abnormal. Um and it was a good message for her to hear like I said at the end there. Like um that it's it's just about who you're with. I mean, I married the greatest woman in the world. Oh. And without spending any money. <laughs> <laughs> um there's I I feel like maybe we we or Tanya came across as very like anti-wedding. Like if that's what you and and your spouse want to do and that's important to you then go for it. Mm-hmm. Um it it's just it wasn't for us right um but there also needs to be a discussion of like how much are we willing to spend and are we willing to go in debt for uh the first i mean people talk about how the first year of marriage is tough maybe that's probably why because you just put yourself thousands of dollars in debt 
Yeah, and I do think like there's there are important conversations that you rarely see happen. And I grew up watching wet- wedding stuff on TV with my mom, like all of the wedding shows on TLC and stuff. Like I was a kid when that had its big like beginning and my mom watched it every single day. The discussion was never like why do you want mm-hmm. this? And I think that 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 would uncover a lot. Yeah. Um, if I had decided, like, I wanted this huge everything and I wanted to spend, like, tens of thousands of dollars, which is, I mean, people are spending $100,000 on their wedding. Right. And then they can't afford a house. Right. Like, that is the reality. And, and it's one day. It's one day and it's stressful as shit. You never see these people that spend so much money on a wedding enjoying their wedding. Mm. They're crying and stressed out because things aren't going perfectly. Right. So I think in a wedding conversation, both parties need to say, okay, like this is what you want. You want a hundred doves set loose at your wedding. Why? Is it some like is it symbolic to you? Is this something that's a spiritual thing for you? Were you, you? raised by doves? <laughs> is that your mother? Right. Um, you need a five thousand dollar like catering service. Like, what makes this one better than this one? Like, there should be conversations about every aspect. That being said, I wouldn't have ever wanted any of it because I hate attention and having anyone look at me for a thousand hours in a day for and then spend like ten thousand dollars just to have everyone stare at me all day no thank you no thank you back to my thoughts Mm -hmm. um and i i enjoyed the eric and and tommy stuff like you said like it's it it was it was tough and it, it left a lot to think about which isn't a bad thing but uh it sucks for sucks for eric sucks for tommy Mm-hmm. Um, but but in all, hopefully this is a thing that works out great for, for Tommy. And that's really all that matters. Who knows what happened? Um, is that a serious question? Because I can answer. We all know what happened. Oh, okay. Well, I guess it, it wasn't was, a serious question then. It was the one shining moment in Girl Meets World. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess we'll get to that another time because it'd be silly for us to talk about a show that doesn't exist. Anything else you want to say, Tanya? Because that's how I feel about the episode. <laughs> I don't think there's anything else I want to say except for thanks for listening and thanks for being patient with us as we took yet another week off. Yep. Sorry. Sorry, everybody. Sorry, class. Um, sometimes you need a substitute teacher and sometimes there is no substitute teacher and you get to do whatever the hell you want. That's what you guys got last week. You get to do whatever the hell you wanted. Yep. This week, lesson plan. It was an asynchronous day. Uh, that word has been burned into my brain. Thanks, COVID. Um, any, anyway, Tanya, tell people where they can find us. All right. You can, uh, tweet at us on Twitter at BMG and BMW. You can email us at BMG and BMW at gmail.com. Um, or you can join our Facebook group. Just type in Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World into the search bar and you'll get approved and you'll be able to join the discussions. Go do it. Yeah. Let's go, Tanya. Let's go get married. Let's have a big wedding. Come on, let's go. Goodbye, everyone. This has been Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World Season 6, Episode 18. I do good. Get it? Class dismissed. <laughs>